Hello, my name is Ed Wallet, and a warm welcome to this podcast about lung cancer. This podcast is sponsored by clinicalparent.com, a new international online network for clinical professionals and medical students. Clinical Parent has been developed to enable sharing of information, knowledge and expertise between clinicians and across clinical teams. I myself have an account on the site, so do check it out when you have a moment. You can register over at clinicalparent.com. So, in this podcast about lung cancer, we're going to be looking at some basic definitions of lung cancer, the important epidemiology and risk factors, the classification of the different types of lung cancer, the clinical features, including the symptoms and the signs, the investigations, a little bit about staging, and then finally, we're going to go on to look at treatment. So, let's start with some really basic definitions. 95% of lung cancers are malignant neoplasms of the bronchus, and that's a really good definition. However, it's important to be aware of some other types. Importantly, about 2% of lung cancers can be alveolar, and about 3% can be benign. And examples of benign tumours include hamartomas and clear cell tumours. Lung cancer is the second most common cancer among men, and the third among women. It is roughly twice as common in men. The median age of diagnosis is 65 to 70 years of age. By far, the most common cause of lung cancer is smoking. The risk of developing lung cancer for lifelong smokers is about 15% for men and 10% for women. A few rarer causes of lung cancer include asbestos exposure and exposure to arsenic, iron oxide, chromium and radon gas. However, please be aware that smoking is by far the most common risk factor that you're going to come across in everyday practice. It's also really important to be aware that stopping smoking significantly reduces your risk of developing cancer. For example, in an individual who has never smoked, their risk of developing lung cancer is about 1%. But an ex-smoker, after about 10 years, can drop their risk down to anywhere between 2 and 10%. So the message here is stopping smoking really works and you should always encourage this in your patients. So let's move on now to the classification of lung cancer. The classification system that is most commonly used is that which is most relevant to the treatment. And in this we divide lung cancer into small cell carcinoma and non-small cell carcinoma. However, you should also be aware of the classification of lung cancer by histological subtype. There are four main types, small cell, large cell, squamous, and adenocarcinoma. The large cell, squamous, and adenocarcinoma types together make up the non-small cell lung cancers. Okay, let's now talk about the clinical features of lung cancer, i.e. the symptoms and the signs. So starting with symptoms, A patient may present with general features of a carcinoma, such as fatigue, weight loss, and cachexia. Otherwise, symptoms of lung cancer tend to occur because of two pathological processes. The first is the obstruction of bronchi and distal pneumonitis, and this causes cough, wheeze, shortness of breath, and sometimes even the coughing up of blood or hemoptysis. The other major process is chest wall invasion and this can cause local pain if the ribs or muscles are involved or it can cause 
Horner syndrome or hoarseness of the voice. Horner syndrome or hoarseness suggests invasion of the sympathetic chain or the recurrent laryngeal nerve. When considering the signs of lung cancer, I like to think about the features that I may find on a respiratory examination. So, starting at the hands, there may be clubbing of the fingernails. If the first thoracic nerve is involved, there may be wasting of the small muscles of the hand. Moving up the arm, up to the face, facial edema may suggest obstruction of the superior vena cava. There may be cervical lymphadenopathy or supraclavicular lymphadenopathy. Feeling the chest, there may be localised bony tenderness secondary to chest wall invasion. Listening and percussing the chest, there may be signs of lower consolidation or collapse. There may also be stony dullness and reduced air entry in the bases associated with pleural effusions. And then moving on to the abdominal exam, there may be signs of hepatomegaly. The purpose of investigations in the patient with potential lung cancer is to screen for evidence of the lung cancer and also define the site and size of the cancer. In addition, we also want to acquire histological typing. We'll take our usual five modality approach to investigations. So for dips and cultures, we could think about doing sputum or pleural cytology. For bloods, we might consider doing a full blood count, liver function test and calcium. There's lots of imaging tests that we could do, but let's start at the most basic. This would include a chest x-ray, then going on to a CT of the thorax. If we found the tumour, we might consider doing further staging CTs of the abdomen and perhaps the head if there are any neurological signs and symptoms. We also may consider doing a bone scan. In certain types of tumours, we may consider doing bronchoscopy. And finally, we might consider doing lung function tests if the patient is going to go on to have some type of surgery to remove the tumour. So, here you can see a chest x-ray. The most obvious abnormality is a coin-shaped lesion on the left side of the chest in the upper zone. Now we can look at a CT of this same lesion. All of the various changes that may be seen on a chest x-ray is beyond the scope of this podcast. But if you can, try and get some experience in the radiology department at looking at chest x-rays and CTs of lung cancer. So, once we've acquired a histological diagnosis, we move on to staging. In staging, we use the classic TNM system, or tumour, nodes and metastases system. Based upon this, we then divide patients into various stages that are numbered between 0 and 4. It's important to know that stage 1, 2 and 3 have two subtypes, and these are called A and B. Staging is important because it dictates the management. Okay, so let's now talk about the management of lung cancer. As usual, we divide up management to do conservative, medical and surgical. For conservative, it's important that we take an MDT approach and provide supportive therapies to the patient. For patients who are not suitable for medical or surgical intervention, palliative therapy may be provided. The two main modalities of medical management are radiotherapy or thoracic irradiation and chemotherapy. For some stages of lung cancer, particularly stages 1 and 2, non-small cell lung cancers, where patients have good lung function, surgical approaches may be taken, and these are generally called pulmonary resections. 
Remember that often different techniques from different modalities are used together as an overall treatment strategy for a patient with lung cancer. The treatment strategy will depend upon the stage of the lung cancer and also the general condition of the patient. The prognosis is generally quite poor in lung cancer. And for example, the five-year survival for a stage 1A tumour might be 61%, but a stage 1B would drop to about 38%. Although not the main topic of this podcast, it's important to remember that most lung tumours are in fact secondary lung tumours. The most common primary tumour that results in secondary lung tumours is colorectal, closely followed by germ cell tumours and osteosarcomas. For most patients with multiple secondary lung tumours, palliative therapy is most appropriate. So, to summarise, lung cancer is very common and the most important risk factor is smoking. Classification is into small cell and non-small cell subtypes. The symptoms and signs of lung cancer depend upon the location of the tumour, the size and severity of the tumour, and if there's any invasion. For investigations, remember the sieve of investigations with the five different modalities. And for treatment, remember that the treatment should be focused around both the stage of the tumour and also the condition of the patient. So, thanks for listening to this podcast and see you again soon.